Welcome back to the Family Business Podcast. It's Ryan and Kobe Speltz and uh, father and son duo. We are um, entrepreneurs. We have a couple businesses. And um, just for background sake, I think we should cover that. So I, <clears throat> my wife and I, seven years, seven and a half years ago, started Connection Publishing, which is a local magazine company. We created a magazine for our city and then it's morphed over the time into a, we have five magazines for one. So we have these five different publications, but we also have, um, uh, we now have a full service marketing agency. So we do digital marketing, social media, search engine, uh, programmatic, and we also do video production, copywriting, um, photography. Um, I even work as a fractional CMO for um, people so I can, you know, help them with strategy and help them come up with stuff. So that's, that's our oldest business. We started that seven and a half years ago. Yeah. And then about two and a half years ago, uh, Kobe was out selling pest control door to door in Florida and Alabama. Yeah. And he was doing really good. So I called him and I was like, Hey, what's your plan? Are you going to do this again? And he said, probably. And I said, well, um, I came across this business idea, uh, a franchise that we could buy, but I don't have time to run it. Yeah. I would need you to come be the general manager and you're doing really good with door to door. So what do you think? And, um, he looked into it, we partnered up. So, um, I paid for the franchise and then Kobe runs it. He's the general manager. He's, and we're 50, 50 owners. So he owns, um, half of it and, um, takes that on um, as his full responsibility. We've added to that with yeah. some additional products, which we can talk about. <clears throat> and then yeah. I also own Ryan Spelt's company, which is uh, like a consulting and training company. So I do uh, marketing training and I do um, some consulting and speaking through that brand. And then as part of our magazines, we've had recipes in them for the last seven years hundreds of them probably yeah, yeah. a couple hundred. And so we uh, created what to eat for dinner.com with the number four. So what to eat for dinner.com, which is free meal plans and recipes and all this stuff. So that's, that's kind of the suite of companies that, um, that I have, but right. what have you added into RoofMax? So RoofMax is a nationwide brand. It's all, you know, it's like a franchise. It's, it's actually a dealership, but um, it's their branding, their product that we resell. Um, which has been a great little business. And we'll talk some about um, some of the profitability things and uh, uh, those kinds of things in this podcast. But what have you added in? What are your new products and services? Yeah, so the, the main thing that we, we started doing this year, partly just because of last winter being so big and crazy, I think everybody yeah. was kind of scared this year. And so our customers started asking us for heat cable um, just because it's Utah. We get a lot of you know snow and ice sitting up on the roof and then, We've seen a lot of damage in people's gutters this year just because of that ice buildup in the gutters. It's super yep. heavy. And so had a handful of people ask me about it and then also asking me if I could repair their heat cable systems that had been, you know, broken and stuff, which is a pain in the butt. Um, but I was like, you know what, maybe I should just try and start doing it. And so we've done a handful of jobs now. Um, we decided to, you know, add it in as kind of just a an a additional thing that if somebody, especially 
lives in a super snowy area, like up on the hill, like they kind of need it, you know? And if we're going to warranty their roof for five years, we want to make sure they're not going to have any issues with ice and snow buildup on, you know, around the gutters Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, ice dams, right? Yeah. Ice dams. Yeah. And the ice can build up underneath the shingles and stuff cause leaks. It's, uh, it can be pretty rough on the roof. So, um, yeah. So I did a bunch of research. We've, you know, gone, gone around looking at a bunch of different products and talking with people who have been doing it for years. And, and, uh, we have a really good cable that's super thick and insulated. It's got like a 10 year manufacturer guarantee on it. So it's like the best of the best, which is cool. Um, and then it's, it's not super tricky to install. It's, it's pretty hard to do the math and stuff on it. Kind of yeah. takes, takes a while. It seems super simple, but you got to like do all the calculations. And I have like notes, notes on my iPad yeah. where I just list everything out. It's kind of a. Well, then you've, process, you've made some mistakes too. And I've some made some mistakes and then, you know, wasn't profitable enough on mm-hmm. certain jobs. And it was, uh, you know, it's been a learning process, but it's been, yeah. it's been fun. And it's kind of, kind of a cool thing. You know, spraying roofs is simple and easy. That's what Roofmax is. We spray a bio oil on the shingles. And so it doesn't take super long. The longest thing is just like all the little, like, you know, minor repairs and things that we do while we're up there. Yeah. But the spraying part usually takes about 20 or 30 minutes. Um, and then it soaks in in like an hour and then they're good for five years. Yeah. So it's not super difficult. Um, it's kind of an interesting transition and I wanted to try something new, you know? Yeah. I was like, I think I could do this. And so it's a little more complex than it's been a little more complex than I originally thought. But it's one thing uh, that you did that I think is pretty cool though is you called the competitors, like the bigger companies doing heat cable around here. I think a lot of people would shy away from that, but you just called them and said, Hey, I'm thinking about getting into this. What do you think? And you got mixed, (laughs) mixed results from that. Yeah. But it was good though. And it opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I was honestly super nervous about it. Like it kind of freaked me out. I'm like, gosh, these guys own like multi-million dollar companies doing heat cable. And I'm like a 22 year old kid, you know, just trying to (laughs) trying to figure it out. And so, um, it was kind of cool though. Some people don't want to, you know, tell you their secrets and stuff. And that's not our style. We like to yeah. just talk about everything, you know, yeah. and just share it and, and, uh, with whoever, whoever wants to hear, it, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever. So I think it's kind of cool. Um, but talking it, talking with those guys, I realized like I'm kind of in over my head on some of it. And so yeah. it was good, you yeah. know? And so just realized I need to either figure it out more and or just keep finding people that know more about it than me and just keep yeah. picking their brain about it, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I like, I like that you did that. That was a cool, cool move and something I've definitely done before and said, sure. Hey, what, how do you do this? Right. And it's surprising. Most people are willing to share. Most people just tell you. Yeah. yeah. Unless they feel threatened. Threatened. Yeah. That's the good thing that I have though, is like a 22 year old kid. They're, They're like, oh, this guy's probably not going to come like <laughs> kick me out or, you know, out of the marketplace or whatever, yeah. you know? So, cool. but yeah, it is kind of interesting. Some people, yeah, it's, it's rare, but some people like don't want to tell you anything. They're like, get yeah. out of here. You know? Yeah. Don't even want to talk to you. That's cool. But. Well, um, and then what else, what else have you added in? Um, I mean, we're full service roofers now. So, um, we pretty much just sub it out to a couple roofers. We don't have like our own crews or anything. I think eventually we can get to that point, but mm-hmm. um, the way it's set up now is just that it's on, um, it's on, you know, the roofers insurance is yeah. covering it. Cause we can't quite afford, we can't afford the, the roofers insurance. It's right. super expensive. And we kind of have like a, a special classification where we aren't 
technically roofers and it's easy for us because it's just me on the roofs and so we don't have to play pay workers comp and all that stuff for the guys being up on the roof so it just made more sense for us this year to have some other roofers that we have you know i built a really good relationship with bowen he's a he's a roofer in my bni group he owns authority roofing and i send pretty much everything to him just because i trust him a lot and he gives people the best prices he does you know, but we also have a couple other roofers that I'll throw roofs to every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but with him, it's been nice to be able to just offer our customers full service roof, you know, their full service roofing yeah. needs. Cause it's pretty much anything too. That's not just for asphalt shingles like Roof Max yeah. is. They can do flat roofing. They can do everything, right. metal roofing. So it's been kind of cool. I think it's cool too is that he's priced well. He's not like yeah. super high priced and he pays you a commission. So we make a little revenue from it. And then right. That's it. Yep. I mean, it makes it easy. Yeah. And he's just awesome. He has his own podcast. Shout out to Bowen. Um, he's awesome. Bowen Giants. He has his own podcast on Spotify. It's called 30, 30 minute business, I think. Cool. Um, but yeah, I've, I've listened to a bunch of his stuff and he's mentored me on a couple of things. He's a cool guy. He's a so he's, yeah. he's a really, really smart business owner, super yeah. smart with his money and how he structures his business so that he can, he doesn't have to, you know, try and compete with the super high priced roofers in the area. You know, right. he can stay really low and still give you a super premium product and they're super fast. I don't know. He's yeah. awesome. Kind of cool. He's a no debt guy. He always, yep. always has no debt and just keeps his prices low because of that. Yep. Smart. Yeah. He's awesome. Well, <clears throat> let's, let's talk about that. We were trying to decide what we wanted our topic to be today, but let's talk about profitability because you've just gone through all of that. Yeah. And, uh, we made some changes this year with RoofMax and sure. started having to charge a little more, primarily because we realized we weren't profitable yeah. because we thought, oh, we're profitable because of this. But right. when you really dig into the numbers, it shows you some different things. So For sure. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So it kind of started with um, when I went to get my contractor's license, they had like this 30-hour course. And one of the ladies was an accountant She because he had like two, two or three days where you go in and sit down. It was like a lecture the whole time. But one of the ladies was an accountant and she was talking about finances and how contractors, most of them, if they go out of business is because they just didn't have their finances in order. Mm-hmm. They could have, they didn't realize they were spending too much here or they didn't account for something there. And so they thought they were profitable, but at the end of the year, they're not, or they have to pay too much in taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of it, I think was fear mongering. I think there, there was an insurance agent and the, you know, accountant yeah. there and they just wanted Trying to, to land your business, right? Scare us into, into signing up with them. But um, it just opened my eyes to a couple of things. And so I started looking into our finances more. And when we came into this area, you know, we were pretty new to there and there weren't really the only dealer that was close to us was in Logan. And I remember he was charging under a dollar and I was like, holy cow, that is way too cheap. Right. Like you're not making any money. Yeah. He was basically doing it at cost. Doing it at cost. And so we were like, oh, we have to come in at like a dollar twenty-five. So that's where we sat most of last year and then half of this this year. And we were at like a dollar twenty-five, dollar thirty after the course. And through the course, I actually met another dealer that had just started. His name's Casey, and we've been working with him a lot. But he uh I was talking to him and he's like, dude, I'm charging like a dollar fifty. And I was like, Holy cow, that's crazy, dude. That's so expensive. And he's like, but you're not really profitable if you aren't at a dollar fifty. Yeah. He's like, especially if you're aggressive in marketing, like, which we were which very we aggressive yeah. this year. We put a ton of money into it, and uh, you know, I I don't know. It just so it just kind of opened my eyes, and I realized, okay, first of all, it's not making a huge difference to the customers. Yeah. They're not like, 
up and you know just freaking out because we right. raised 20 cents nobody nobody really noticed right. and it still makes sense compared to roofing right as long as we aren't charging like three dollars opposed to four dollars sure. for roofing like that's the only time it wouldn't make sense right and right. so i started digging into the numbers finding like our break-even points and things like that and figuring out where we needed to be on every single job like i just right. figured out where that well point you was. added in like wear and tear on the equipment and your truck for and- sure yeah, you and know, we the started charging for increased insurance because like our insurance went up significantly. Yep. And then you also had the, you know, product increase, um, even yeah. though that was a minor part of it, it was the product went up a little Still bit. part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And we didn't, you know, I remember at the end of last year, I was, you know, we were sitting down, like looking over our, our books because tax season's coming up, obviously. And I was like, man, I just thought we made more money. Yeah. And then this year was a lot better. Um, but another thing that we didn't realize this year is, you know, we, because we were a little more profitable, we were more willing to take less money out of it and put it into marketing. And some of that kind of bit us in the butt too, because we spent a ton of extra money this year, but didn't really see a ton of return from it. Didn't make it, you know, any, any crazier than I think it would have been naturally, but. Well, and from a marketing standpoint, like. That's the hardest part, I think, for a lot of business owners to grasp onto is you do have to try stuff yeah, and you have to experiment and be willing to retry it. Um, There was a study by LinkedIn that was just recently released where they talked about companies who only do lead generation or direct response marketing versus companies that also do branding, brand awareness, brand, you know, uh, branding type campaigns. When they do both together, it is more effective However, most companies only try it for three to six months and especially small local businesses like ours and LinkedIn study showed that it had a significant increase for companies who went beyond the six months. And I mean, I sell marketing, so I want people to do it forever. Right. right? But for sure. But it's hard for a business because they're like, oh man, I, you know. And by branding, you mean like putting stuff out there that isn't like, hey, buy this now. Hey, you need Correct. this now. Because Coca-Cola, for I love the Coca-Cola example. Mm-hmm. Coca-Cola doesn't put stuff out on Facebook saying, hey, buy a Coke right now. They put their name in every single, on the side of every, you know, park bench they put it on. <laughs> yeah. You know, McDonald's is like Coca-Cola. They put, you know, big billboards. They co-market together. It doesn't say, hey, 50% off on your next Coke. They don't care about your next Coke. They want you to just show up to McDonald's and be like, oh crap, I don't know what to get. Just give me a Coke because that's the top of mind thing that's in your head. So I don't know. Kind of cool though, but yeah. And that matters better long-term, right? Right. So branding is, is the ability for people to know who you are and what you do. Yeah. And I think for RoofMax, it's really important because RoofMax is a brand that is newish to the market. You know, it's only been in Utah for a couple of years. Well, in our part, right? right. They, they've yeah. been in Logan for a little bit longer. And there was there was a dealer here at one point, but yeah. had some health issues and was not able to continue going. So it never really got established in the Ogden, uh, Weber County area. So when we, so we, you know, we advertise in my magazine. So those are great yeah. for branding. They'd get direct response too, mm-hmm. but it's that explanation. Here's yeah. what we do. Um, we did some YouTube videos this year, mm-hmm. didn't get a, you know, uh, a response, response out of that, but, but we also started really late in the season and we got to try different videos. Um, yeah. Facebook works good for us. Facebook can have both a branding and a, you know, kind of a mix of, 
of uh, what it does direct response. Um, we get good direct response out of that. Of course, Google is direct response because that's yeah. somebody who's actively searching for you. Um, we do a little bit of money on Google because our branding isn't as big as it should be. Not that many people search for roof max, right. you know, yeah. there is a search volume, but it's not tremendous. So yeah. at least not yet. Yep. <clears throat> a lot more people search for roofing for sure. Yeah. Which is okay now that we have roofing capability, but right. that's, um, which has been interesting too, because we've received a lot more phone calls for roofing stuff this year. Right. And sometimes it's like out of, you know, yeah, out of my scope. And I'm like, I don't know if I should we even don't do that. <laughs> I'll just send you to somebody else. Like, yeah. but, but yeah, it's been kind of interesting how the SE, I think it's the SEO that's sending those people to us. You know, they're searching something up and yeah. then somehow we come up it's, as an option. They probably that, have to I, dig a little. I do but, some paid Google ads. I don't yeah. know if you knew that, but yeah, I don't I spend that. a lot of money, a couple hundred bucks a month yeah. on it. So that's for not, sure. Not a, not a whole lot, but yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I, we, we've been willing to, to test. We did some direct mail and we basically did. paid for the campaign. Didn't yeah, make any money on that. Really expensive way to just pay for itself, but it was experimental. We but just I also to try think it out. there's still an opportunity there. I think if we tone down how much we're spending on it and just spread it out a little more, yeah. I think it'd be better. But with it, that, with that, I feel like it's a long-term thing. You got to be able sure. to do it for like six months. So you have to like plan accordingly you don't yep. want to just dump a bunch of money into yeah let's send as many flyers out right now because it takes yeah. a while like it's got to hit their door like i don't know probably it's the same isn't the number for print like the impressions like seven to nine times on print so something like 45 for digital yeah yeah um i, I the numbers changed over time the the old adage for marketing was seven impressions would get right the result there. It's still probably true in some cases, but um, nowadays they say you need 30 to 40 impressions okay. across all of your channels. So that'd be digital print, all of that. But I, I know that on, I've done a lot of direct mail campaigns yeah. um, on your first mailing. You're lucky if you get 1% right. on your second mailing um, to 2% to the same addresses. And then on your third mailing, you really see an increase. And we only did two mailings because we ran out of season. We were just we did, towards yeah. the end of the summer. It didn't make any sense to put more out. Yeah. But I'm excited to try it a little bit more next year yeah. and just and tweak the flyers, tweak everything, right. you know. And you're talking down about like, a little bit, do smaller chunks, but then right. we send them more quickly and for I sure think that'll be good. Yeah. I'm excited to try some, we'll have to try some like super ugly ones. Cause you keep talking about how like the ugly, ugly ads. ads work really good because <laughs> it just catches people's eyes. We'll have to make them. So ugly ads, like <clears throat> just for listeners, they're basically ads that just look terrible. They make your eyes bleed is what we always say, <laughs> but sometimes those respond the best. It's so crazy. And, um, you just have to test it. Right. It's different than all like the perfect stuff that just right. looks like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It makes sense though. If you think about it, we've tested it on Facebook with a couple advertisers and we'll take, you know, the perfectly, uh, designed graphic beautiful graphics and everything on it. Yeah. yeah and i've got a lot of graphic designers so we can make stuff gorgeous right, right? so we make the gorgeous ad and then we'll take one and we'll take the logo with a white background and overlay it over a picture and just put some words on there and that one will do better and we're like what that crap looks like a like <laughs> two, a high school seconds. pre like presentation <laughs> like a slideshow yep. like just yep slap a picture on there and a title and yep. It works. It's so funny, but sometimes the ugly ads win. It just grabs people's eyes, I well, guess. We have a furniture store that'll advertise with us um, that's local here, Utah Furniture Direct. 
and great prices on furniture and it's a good they're just moving locations down to riverdale and got a bigger way bigger store which is cool and their ads for so long were just so dirty and just ugly like really third they would they would take one page in the magazine mm -hmm. and they'd want like 30 couches on there and i'm like people aren't gonna be able to see these and they're like dude remember back in the day in the newspaper there was like listings just, and it would be just tiny little thumbnails of the couch and the couch. chair and just a little bit of info about it and they're like that works so this will work in full right. color and i'm like all right you <laughs> want awesome. an ugly ad you got an ugly ad right. so that's hilarious but yeah it's it funny works. so well cool. cool i'm i'm excited for this year too and uh it'll be fun to talk through things on the podcast here right. and just um talk about what we are trying and experimenting with i think we spent ten thousand dollars on the mailers um, right around there and i think we made about twelve thousand back so it was yeah. just just barely, barely broke even broke even yeah and uh and then um we spent we only spent a few hundred on YouTube. That'll be good to get started again in the spring. Yeah, once I think it warms up. be definitely a long-term thing where we just kind of trickle those mm -hmm. out slowly over time and just make sure it's super steady going to people and as they as they build more traction and stuff and then just trying new videos and stuff too because right. it's like you got to try a handful until you get one that hits. Until you get one that's like, "Oh, this works for for whatever reason this the way you worded this is catching people's right. ear." Cuz those YouTube ads are so annoying. Like I always skip them, you know. <laughs> Right. Unless it's Unless it catches really your captivating yeah. and just like instantly grabs me. So we'll have to try a bunch of stuff with that. Well, and I also think once we get our audience dialed in, that's the hard part with doing it short term. Yeah. And a lot of marketers don't realize that is that, you know, within two or three months, you're like, you're just barely figuring your audience right. out. And we've put pixels now on the website and we're, we're driving traffic there. So once we have those audience that audience data, then we can go in and match it in Facebook and YouTube and get that audience data to say, okay, here's here's who's responding right. well now let's show it to more people like that yeah so I that'll think we help need that for sure it'll help a ton it'll be it'll be kind of cool to catalog yeah. it over the you know through this podcast and just talk about the things that we're kind of mm -hmm. trying as we go and what works and what doesn't work and what we're yep. kind of waiting on to see if it works later down the road you know so we'll we'll see it'll be kind of fun so i think we spend about a thousand to twelve hundred bucks a month on facebook yeah um, it was like twelve hundred and then we're in the magazines when there's space. Sometimes we get kicked out when the magazines get full. Right. Because we don't pay. So, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> um, you know a guy that makes I it do nice. Know a guy. Um, we did hometown values this year. Yep. I think we spent 600 bucks a month for three months there, or f uh, maybe five months. Yeah. Um, that's another competitor. That's a competitor to the magazines. They're just ads, but there's a couple areas that we, that my magazines don't hit. So it was great to have those that resource to yeah. have it show up in other, you know, other places in our area, but outside of the magazine's reach. Yeah. And the, the beauty of print and digital together is print provides that really good branding piece. That's slower because mm -hmm. when people consume like a magazine, they're looking at it, they're moving slower. They're mm -hmm. usually not distracted. People watch TV and their phone at the same time. You don't do that with a magazine. No, you just sit you and sit read, and read it. it. And so when they see it, they look at it, they can, digest okay this is a you know this is a spray that goes on the roof that makes it last longer gives you five years of life gives you that info they're paying more attention than if there's a puppy and then they scroll down see a guy spraying a roof right. and then yeah right and then they see that ad though yeah. on facebook and they're like oh yeah that's that company i saw that's cool and it's In so the easy to click through that and fill out the little form that right. that makes it a better 
a better lead generation source. So they complement each other really. They do surprisingly quickly too. Like mm -hmm. the magazines will hit, and then we'll get a bunch of calls from Facebook like the next day, right? Or that day, like as soon as they hit, people are reading them, mm -hmm. and then they just start calling like crazy. And Google too. And Google too. Google yeah. uptick because of the magazine. So mm -hmm. anyway, the the combo of those together in a local market has been really powerful. For sure. We haven't done TV, but Roofmax has done some TV and we've gotten yep. some leads from corporate. Um, well, we did a couple spots on TV. We did? I did. Oh yeah, that's right. We did the news. Yeah. The news thing. Yeah. And that Which worked too. Cool. We yeah. got people out of that. I had a handful of people saying, oh yeah, I saw you on TV. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I you was were like, famous. really? Like, <laughs> that's, that's weird. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's like 40,000 people watching. Yeah. Every time we do that, we did it twice. Yep. It's just good brand awareness too. being it on is. the news like that. It's kind of like an interview. Especially if somebody looks us up or looks me up and then they find, oh, he was on the news. Yep. Okay. That makes, I don't know, just yep. builds a little bit of rapport. Right. But. Cool. Well, I think that's a good one for today. Yeah. And uh, next It'll week we're going to talk about fears. Okay. Facing yeah. fears and like some of the things we've both done door-to-door -door sales. Yeah. We've both been in sales and dealt with customers ghosting you and all yeah. that stuff. So we'll talk some about that next week, but this is the family business podcast. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.